Saving God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Perfection. Is it really necessary? Is it really essential? And what is perfection? We're called to become unto perfection, the whole body of Christ. Well, is anything uh, less than perfection going to make it? And why? When Jesus has given the Constitution to the Kingdom of Heaven, the whole bylaws that he says in Matthew 5 and the, the bylaws of the Kingdom of Heaven, he states, and I'm going to quote it right here in the bylaws, and he states there and says, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father, which is in Heaven, is perfect. Now, Jesus said that in the days of his flesh. God manifests in the flesh, showing us the way, the truth, and the life. Well, did Jesus become perfect? Well, Hebrews said that our captain of our salvation, Jesus Christ, the man, was made perfect and learned obedience through the things which he suffered making the captain of our salvation perfect. Perfection. Now he's given us the way, the truth, and the life to do the same. But the general consensus in the, in the denominational church world is that this can't be done. No, you'll never be perfect. You've got to sin a little bit every day. You know you're in the flesh. No, if you're in the flesh, you'll die. You have to walk in the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The lust of the flesh is the world and any man serve the world, the love of the Father is not any. All that love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And there's no straddle the fence. He said, you cannot serve God and mammon, money. The way to get riches in this world and a man's life consists in the things which he possesses. They look at the net worth of the man, what his, his assets are, personal, real estate, his insurance holding, as well as investments, portfolios, and determine the net worth of that man. But that's not with God. God says a man's life doesn't consist of the things which he possesses. That which is highly esteemed among man is an abomination with God. Now, what is perfection? Jesus stated it there in Matthew 5 and verse um, 48. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, did he mean that? Well, Paul says the same thing again. In Ephesians 4, verse 11 through 15, he goes and tells us that there are given to us, the body of Christ, apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. Well, we need to know what that is. How do we become perfect? Well, to be as he is, to be as Jesus is. As... Uh, he is, so were we in this present world. Somebody said, well, how can that be? We're in the flesh. We don't walk after the flesh. We walk after the spirit. 
those that are led of the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. We can't make any excuses for why we don't obey the leading of the Holy Ghost. Not obeying the leading of the Holy Ghost is iniquity, lawlessness. And in the last days, iniquity will abound. And the love of many will wax cold. And this iniquity shall not be purged from you till you die. When we find that that mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now let it or restrains will let or restrain it until he be taken out of the way. Now, most commentators will say, well, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Ghost. No, it's not. The Holy Ghost is with us. The Spirit of God, Jesus is with us even to the end of the world. Amen. He will never leave us nor forsake us until the end of this world, into the end of the age, into the end of the eon. Well, then who is this that withholding this mystery of iniquity that the man of sin, the man of sin, will be revealed? Only he who now let it or restrains will let or restrain until he be taken out of the way. What is that? Well, it is the civil law. It's the law of the land. It is uh, the civil law there in the whole earth. When that is taken out of the way, the natural laws upon which nations are literally built upon and follow their constitution, their bylaws. But when that's totally taken out of the way and iniquity abounds, Everyone does that which is right in their own eyes. Chaos. Well, then you have that man of sin, the son of perdition, being revealed. Revealed because he will take the kingdom with flatteries. With a small people, he'll forecast his, his devices and prosper. They will literally rule all the nations of this world as a savior. And arms will stand on his part. And they'll say, who is able to make war against the beast? Who is able? None can stand before him. He forecasts his devices. He tells what he's going to do as a prophet and prospers in all things that he does. And he divides among them the riches and the spoil. They love him. It's the answer to the world crisis, and he pops up on the scene as a deliverer. And by peace, promising peace, he shall destroy many. There, on the other hand, Jesus said, Be you therefore perfect. Paul said, Those apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, are for the perfecting of the saints. He goes on and elaborates for the work of the ministry. In other words, the ones that come unto perfection will be used for the work of the ministry, the Jesus ministry, which is a three and a half year, 42 month, three and a half year, 42 month time, times and a dividing of a time, 1,203 score days of the Jesus ministry, literally fulfilling the week of Jesus. The heptad, confirming the covenant, 
the holy covenant with many for one week. Jesus was cut off in the midst of the week, but not for himself. He took his ministry at age 30, crucified at age 33 and a half. Born in tabernacles, crucified in Passover. Taking his ministry at the age of 30. Taking and literally fulfilling the law as our high priest, high priest taking his office at age 30. Jesus fulfilling his own law as a man, glorifying his own human back to himself. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. Now, what is this perfection? Is it essential? I mean, certainly, as long as we're newborn babies, we're saved. Or, certainly little children, we grow from newborn babies that our sins are forgiven for his name's sake. We're born to the water and the spirit. We have repented and been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins, born of the water. And we have received the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the spirit, the promise being to us and the many that are far off, even to as many as the Lord our God shall call. We realize that. But this thing of being perfected, perfection, how are we going to get perfection? Well, we add to our faith virtue, virtue knowledge. How people perish for lack of knowledge. Well, we get the knowledge of God. And we add to our knowledge temperance. Those that strive for the mastery must be temperate or self-controlled in all things. Then we add to our temperance patience. That after you've done the will of God, you have need of patience that you will receive a full reward. But let patience have her perfect work, perfect work. Then you go to the next step. Add to your patience godliness. That's the God life. And that God life still. You add to godliness, brotherly kindness. Preferring, preferring your brother above yourself. Condescending to men of low estate, not seeking your own, but that which is another. Well, certainly that should be enough for perfection. No, there's one more step in hiring glory, and that is charity. Charity is not love. That is a misnomer. Biblical charity. Charity will cover a multitude of sins. Charity is, charity is the bond or guarantee of perfectness. Because charity will cover a multitude of sins. Because charity is not just love or the love for God, but it's the love for God in keeping his commandments and based in the word of God in doing his will. Working out your own salvation. For it's God that worketh in you, both the willing to do of his good pleasure, not ours, not our will, but his will. And if any man does not do the will of God, we find in Matthew 7 that Jesus states not all that say unto me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. That's a profound statement because no one can call Jesus Lord, Jehovah, God Almighty, except by the Holy Ghost. And there's only one Lord. And there's one body, one spirit, one Lord. 
one faith, one baptism, one God, who's above all, Father of us all, and in us all. That is charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And though a man give his body to be burned, and have not charity, he is a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. Though he speaks with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not this charity, it profits him nothing. Oh, my goodness. If you take a look at all that is in charity, not just love, but based in doing God's will, the greatest of these is charity. And we see that without that, without that charity, which will cover a multitude of sins, that we, the body of Christ, will not come unto perfection. That charity that we see that Paul talks about to the Corinth church, and they had all kinds of gifts working, and a great move of God, and in the spiritual gifts, and he had to lay that out, that desire the spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh in, in an unknown tongue. And he says that the greatest of these, there abideth faith, hope, and charity. But charity is that bond of perfectness to come unto perfection. And Paul tells us what is required there. In reading in 1 Corinthians 14, follow after charity and desire these spiritual gifts but rather that you may prophesy so the body of Christ is edified. In 1 Corinthians 13, he tells us the characteristics of how a person walks and adds to their faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, and finally, the epoch, charity, which is not God, just the love for God, but it's the love of God based in doing his will. And we see there, as he breaks it down for us, uh, there in the Corinth church, and 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, but he literally, in chapter 13, goes into charity, not just the love chapter. That's a misnomer. We miss it because Charity is the love for God and keeping his commandments and having the testimony of Jesus, which is the faith that was once delivered to the saints. It's not just love. It's love based in the word of God and doing God's will. So let's take a look. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity. In other words, the will of God being worked out in my life. Not a hear of the word, but a do of the word. I am become a sounding brass and of a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, well, we haven't got to we haven't got the charity, have we? Because you add to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge. But say, well, we have all understanding, we have all knowledge now. But you got to add to your knowledge temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godly brother, godliness, brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness, charity. We still haven't met it yet. 
Peter tells us we've got to go all the way unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ unto perfection. And that's just not being preached in the churches and the denominational churches. And that's why that the Lord will do a work in the last days to get us on track and show the truth, the way, the truth, and the life with this great work of judgment that he will do in bringing to pass his act, his strange act, and this strange work that he's going to do. And it's the work of the ministry. He goes in and says, he says, and though I have all faith, you got to add to that faith virtue, virtue not. Though I have all faith that I can remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. In other words, charity is doing the will of God. Whatever you're called to do, you do it. That's a final step. It's a final step at the bond of perfectness. Paul tells us in the, to the church at Colossia. And that charity will cover a multitude of sins. Why? Because you're doing the will of God. You're walking in the light as he's in the light. And you have fellowship one with another. Why? It's blood flow. Fellowship one toward another. And the blood of Jesus then cleanses us from all sin. As second by second, minute by minute cleansing, simply by obedience uh, to the truth. Not to hear the word, but to do the word. Not just calling him Lord, Lord, and doing not the things that he tells us. Keeping his commandments. He says, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, going all the way into perfection, it profits me nothing. We have to come unto perfection, which is when that which is perfect has come, is charity. Then, then everything that we know in part will be, we will know even as we're known of him, and everything that is done in part will be done away with. We will know him as we are known. But that's through charity. He says, charity, now watch what it does. Here are the characteristics of charity. Charity suffereth long, is kind. That's brotherly kindness. We add to her faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness. And it's kindness. Charity envieth not, not jealousy or envious. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Knowledge puffeth up. Knowledge puffeth up. But the charity, that grace that is afforded to each one of us, that's what is a broken and a contrite spirit. There being a broken and contrite spirit and a humble and broken and contrite spirit is the man that God will look toward. That's the man he is looking for. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. Only that which is another's is not easily provoked. Didn't say it couldn't be provoked, but not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil to its neighbor. Rejoice is not in iniquity. Iniquity is lawlessness. It only rejoices in the leading of the Holy Ghost in obedience unto righteousness. And, but rejoices in the truth. 
walks in the truth, loves the truth, and rejoices in it. It beareth all things, the things of faith. It believeth all things. Those are the things of faith. Faith is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen. It's bearing what the Lord requires, enduring hardship as a good soldier, not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him, going outside the camp, bearing his reproach. That is a crucified life. It hopeth all things, the things of faith, endureth all things, whatever God requires. Charity never fails, but knows what will. But if there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether they be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, we have a partial knowledge. And we prophesy in part. We see through a glass darkly. But then face to face, what is that face? God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. And somebody said, yes, Jesus. He was the only perfect man. No, Noah was perfect in his day. Jesus was the only sinless man, but Noah was perfect in his generation. Job was a man of fear of God, eschewed evil, and was perfect in all his ways. Not himself calling himself perfect, but God simply by walking in this truth. And that's what is required of us, simply to obey the truth. Not being a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word, and yielding our members as obedience unto righteousness, which will yield the peaceable fruits of holiness. But when that which is perfect is come, charity, that's the final charity, the final step in the glorification of the saints before the coming of the Lord. The body of Christ for the perfecting of the saints is charity. It's not just love. People love in word and in tongue. But charity is in deed and in truth. It rejoices in the truth and in obedience. When that which is perfect has come, charity comes. Then that which is in part shall be done away. Partial knowledge. Partial truth seen through a glass darkly. Then we will be known. We will know even as we're known of him. We will inherit all things. Notice that Paul then goes to a child. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. Now, what is he referring to there? Well, it's very simple. We have to find out what a child is. What is a child? Well, the first step in salvation and the first step in glory, going from glory to glory, from faith to faith, is simply being born again. That's the first step. A newborn babe, born of the water and the spirit, that desires that sincere milk of the word they may grow thereby. But then there's a level of growth. It grows from a newborn baby, which is unskillful in the word of righteousness, going from glory to glory, which is being made the righteousness of God, 
by faith through the Lord Jesus Christ working in and through us in obedience to do his will. Then you get to little children. You become a little baby to little children. Paul's talking little children. Little children, you've been born again. Your sins are forgiven for his name's sake, and you have known the Father. You know that Jesus is the Father. That is not full grown. That is not charity unto perfection. That's little children. And Paul said, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I knew that I was born again. I knew that Jesus is the Father. But now I'm going to full age. When I've become a man, that man, that inner man, not a newborn baby inside you, not the outward man that's perishing daily, but the inward man that is renewed day by day, eating the flesh of Jesus and drinking his blood in obedience. And it grows from a baby to a little child to young men to fathers. It grows to full age in the Lord Jesus Christ, and that is Christ in you, the hope of glory, your inward man. You're a child. You spake as a child. You understood as a child. Couldn't comprehend the will of God and do it. Wasn't there to the step of charity yet, but as a little child. Then the child, and we, how do we know that? Because 1 John 2, 12 through 14 says, I write in you little children, John speaking in his epistle, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. You've been born of the water and the spirit. I write in you little children, still a child, because you've known the Father. They know that Jesus is the Father. Jesus said, if you'd have known me, you'd have known the Father. Well, they know the Father. They know that revelation, that Jesus is the Father, revealed in the days of his flesh, and then glorified, literally back with the Father's own self, sat down with the Father in his throne. Revelation 3.21. So he says, now what is it? You have to come unto perfection. And charity is what the goal is when that which is perfect is come. That is perfection. The season that we come unto perfection. Not an embryonic church in Acts, the second chapter. A newborn church age in the dispensation of grace. But growing up into him in all things. Growing up into the man, Christ Jesus, in all things, not being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, coming to that of a what? Full stature in the measure of Jesus Christ, unto perfection, unto that man. Paul said, but when I became a man, he's not talking about his outward flesh. He's talking about the inward man. I put away childish things. I didn't think on the chains of childish things. What does that mean? Well, in Hebrews 6, Paul tells us to the church exactly what that means. Hebrews 6, leaving, therefore, the first principles of the oracles of the doctrine of Christ. Let us go on to perfection. How? Not laying again the foundation of faith toward God and repentance from dead works. Well, that's most of all the denominal Protestant churches preach. Repent, repent. Well, that's wonderful. 
But that's not perfection. He didn't say forget it. He said leaving, therefore, the first principles of the doctrine of Christ. Let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of faith toward God, repentance from dead works, faith toward God, the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of the hands and of the resurrection and eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. He says we're to go on to perfection to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ. And that's what we are all called for. For whom he did foreknow the foreknowledge of God, he knew you before the foundation of the world. Wrote you in his book, your members being unperfect, not imperfect, unperfect. That's in God's logos, in his mind, that he knows all things. From the beginning to the end, he knows all what you're going to do with your free, free will, whether you're going to obey or not. He's not subject to time as we are. And he said, they're your members being unperfect. Then we were manifest there. We were conceived in our mother's womb. The life was given at inception. Becomes an embryo to a fetus. And then you were manifest to the world on the day you were born. And from that day forward, you set your goal, the true light, the lighteth every man that cometh into the world. You came into the world. Then God then deals with you to come to the truth. But there's steps there. When you first come to Jesus, you don't become a full-grown man in your spirit, the spiritual man. You start out as a newborn baby. That's unskillful in the word of righteousness. It desires the sincere milk of the word that they may grow thereby. But we don't stay there. Then we grow. Then we go to that of little children. Then we've known the Father. 1 John 2, 12-14, John tells us that. We go from the, the baby to a little children. Paul's talking to the children here. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child. But now we've got to go up to a man, to the measure, the statue of the fullness of Christ. When I became a man, I put away childish things. What's a childish things? Doctrine of baptism, laying on of the hands, the you know, foundation of faith toward God, repentance from dead works. That's just the first principles of the doctrine of Christ. Hebrews 6 tells us so. But we're to go on to perfection. It didn't say forget them. It said leaving them. Don't stand there and always obsess over these things, pressed on toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. As many as be perfect, be thus minded. And that's perfection. As long as you're pressing toward the mark, the mark is a tav. It's the Z. It's the last letter of the Hebrew Abyssinian. Not the beginning of the race, to the end to becoming in the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus. You see, for whom he did foreknow, them he did predestinate to be conformed to the perfect image, to the image of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And those that he did predestinate, them he called. Many called, few chosen. Got to keep running. Got to keep pressing. And them that he called, he also justified. Stay in the truth, run the race. And those that he justified, 
them he also glorified to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Paul tells us how we do that. 2 Corinthians 3, he said, God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we, the body of Christ, have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power, the power of God, might be of God and not of ourselves. For the Lord is that spirit. The children know that Jesus is that spirit. He is the Father. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Paul goes on. But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass, the word of God, are changed into the same image. Same image. The image of Jesus Christ. From glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. That's perfection. He expects us to go to the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ. That's what we're all called for. And God hath provided some better thing for us. Many died never receiving the promise. They died in faith, having never received the promise. We see that in Hebrews 11. God hath provided some better thing for us, the body of Christ that they, all those that died in faith, never having received the promise, that they without us, those that come to perfection, should not be made perfect without us. When the body of Christ is perfected in charity, has come, we come to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, it will perfect the body of Christ all the way back to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, all the way. All the ones that died in faith, having never received the promise. God providing some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. It's all perfection. Jesus expects it. Be you perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. He was perfected, and he said in Revelation 3.21, He that overcometh. How do you overcome? When we all with open face, beholding, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image, not something less, the same image from glory to glory. When we go from the glory of babies to little children, to young men, to fathers. Then he said, when I became a man, I put away these childish things. Notice he says there. For now, we see through a glass darkly. But there's a time coming, and it's now upon us, the body of Christ. Then face to face, now I know in part. That's Pentecostal. That's not Tabernacles. That's Pentecostals. But then, with the place we're living in now, the body of Christ now, shall I know even as also I am known. In other words, we'll know that truth, the all truth, the full, all things of God, being led and guided into all truth, eating the little book, eating all of it, Revelation 10. And then we will be a full grown to the measure of the statue of Jesus, perfected the body of Christ coming into perfection, that we all might be presented blameless at his coming, both spirit, soul, and body, then he'll put in the sickle and reap his, his, his harvest. That's where we are. 
We're in the final last of the last days. God is sealing his people now. Now about a faith, hope, and charity. But the greatest of these is charity. Not faith, not hope, which is wonderful. You add to that faith virtue. You got to add to that virtue knowledge. Knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness. Godliness, brotherly kindness, kind, brotherly kindness, charity. And when that charity has come, all these things which are in part will be done away with. Then we will know. We'll have the knowledge, not partial knowledge, not knowledge in part, but we'll know. And we will what? Inherit all things. That's the things of faith. Earnestly contended for that faith that was once delivered to the saints, which is the testimony of Jesus to show unto his servants things that, which must shortly come to pass. Sent and signified it by his angel unto John, and it's given to us now for those that have an ear to hear. So if he stops short of that mark, we won't make it. That's the reason Jesus stated in Matthew 7, not all that say unto me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. Then they will begin to profess Jesus. Why? Say, because you didn't do the will of God. Charity is doing the will of God. That's what charity is. You love God. You don't love him in word and tongue, but indeed, you're blessed in all your deeds. You're not a double-minded man. You have not forgot what manner of man you are. You have obeyed God in all things, in all truth. You have an unction from the Holy One. And you know all things, and you know all truth, and no lies of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He's Antichrist that had denied both the Father and the Son. He that acknowledges the Son has the Father also. He's telling us to come, growing up into him in all things. Not some things, not one verse, Charlie's. Not the whole gospel to the whole world being one verse. Well, somebody said, well, I believe John 3, 16. Others say, well, I believe it's Romans 10, 9. Others say, well, I believe it's Romans 10, 13. Others say it's Acts 2, 38. Well, that's, that's wonderful. It's repentance and baptizing in the name of Jesus Christ. The heart circumcised, that the body, the sins, the flesh destroyed by baptism. And you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's wonderful. But what you you do then? You have to obey. You have to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling knowing that God worketh in you both the willing to do of his good pleasure. And if he don't do that will, he'll say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. What is that iniquity? Lawlessness. Now being led of the spirit of God. And they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. They will say at the Lord, Lord, we've done many wonderful works in your name. We prophesied in your name. He just said, if you have all knowledge, Speak with the tongue of men and of angels. Have all understanding. Give your body to be burned. Have all knowledge. <laughs> but don't have charity. You didn't do the will of God. You didn't grow up in him in all things. You didn't do the will of God. And that body compacted, fitly framed together, whichever joint supplies to that finding itself in love, through the supply of the Spirit, you don't make it. Somebody said, well, that's awful hard. Well, friend, that's the word of God. You can read it, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Greatest message ever preached by the Lord Jesus himself. And he's the one that said it. They'll say, Lord, we've done many wonderful works in your name. We prophesied in your name. That's not it. Without that charity coming unto perfection, 
It's a sounding brass and a tinkin' cymbal. It profits you nothing. Somebody said, well, you did run well. What happened? You have to run that race. Don't we know? All running a race. But only one winneth the prize. The one is those that have come unto perfection as one body. Jesus ahead. And we, the body of Christ, coming unto perfection to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man in the unity of the faith. And that is in the knowledge of the Son of God. That knowledge of the Son of God is not gnosko, but epigonosko. That means we've come to the full, perfect image of Jesus in the full body of Christ, looking like Jesus. And that's what John saw in Revelation 19.10. He saw that man. And I became that man. Paul said, I put away childish things. John saw the man. Jesus ahead, Jesus ahead, and the members in particular of the body of Christ, making but one man, filling heaven and earth, of whom the whole body in heaven and earth is named that name Jesus. He saw that man, Revelation 19, 10. It looked like Jesus, walked like Jesus, had the same characteristics of Jesus. John knew it. Anybody knew the Lord John, the revelator, knew the Lord Jesus? He was about to worship him. He said, see thou doest it not. I am of thy fellow brethren and of thy servants and of thy fellow brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. I've got the testimony of Jesus. I've got the faith that was once delivered to the saints. I've got the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must surely come to pass. I have received them, done them, not a hearer of the word, but a doer. I've kept the word uh, there, and I'm blessed to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ unto perfection. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And the only way to hear and to keep the sayings of the book of this prophecy, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the last book in your Bible, is through the testimony of Jesus, through that spirit of prophecy. And it's given to us now, the faith that was once delivered to the saints, coming unto perfection, knowing these things, abiding there unto not just faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, but charity. And we're becoming that man that will all the knowledge in part will be done away with face to face in the same glory of Jesus. We will know as we are known of him coming unto perfection. If it strikes a, a, the Holy Ghost cord in you as being true, this Holy Ghost, Spirit of God, bearing witness with your spirit, we're children of God, we love to hear from you. And come into one. Like to meet you. Write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office, Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or drop us a message at any of our websites, sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com, or dennisbeard.org. And we'd love to hear from you. I look forward to meeting you. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, 
the real Jesus.